Hello, guys. Welcome back. It's Jordan Canlish here. Thank you again for joining me on the State Shifters podcast. Today is 100 episodes. What a journey it's been, eh? I'm so blessed. I'm so blessed and grateful to have had the opportunity to sit down with 100 people. Although some of them would be solo episodes, but like to have 100 episodes come out on this podcast is something that I'm I'm really proud of. And I'm most importantly, I'm most blessed and grateful to people like you who are tuning into this podcast. And you know, I would really invite you if this is bringing some value to your life, please subscribe and leave a review on iTunes. That that would mean a lot to me. Uh, but you know, for myself now, just to celebrate 100 episodes, hell yeah, we made it, we made it. So I thought I'd bring back on my good friend Josh Collins, who was the man I started this podcast with. He has been on this show quite a few times, and we always have great conversations. It's always great catching up with Josh. He's living out in Sydney, and. You know, life update on my end, I'm planning to move out to Sydney in the next few weeks. So it's going to be really exciting to reconvene with Josh in person. Josh has just been one of my childhood friends who grew up together and he was one of the first people to introduce me to personal development. He gave me the book, Eckhart Tolle's A New Earth, and that was the book that really changed my life at the time. So I always learn from Josh and we dove into some really important topics right now that we're both exploring and pondering and thinking about. So there's a lot to, a lot of good information in here and yeah, I really appreciate you guys for being on this journey with me. So enjoy today's episode with Josh. Welcome to the State Shifters Podcast, a show dedicated to helping you discover your true potential through connecting the mind, body, and soul. Josh, welcome back, mate. We've made it. We've made it. 100 episodes, State Shifters podcast. We're back here. Josh Collins, the founding guest. Good to have you back online, bro. How are you? Yeah, good, mate. It's, um, it's a pleasure and a privilege to be here for uh, episode 100. Um, doing well. Doing well over the side. Yeah, amazing, man. Amazing. And then we we're just we we're just chatting before we started recording about you know the, the journey that we've both been on to get to this point of 100 episodes and how much we've both evolved and, and the podcast to me has evolved. It's been an international podcast. I've started in Canada, brought on guests from, you know, around North America and now back home in Australia. And, you know, we're, we've both been back located in our home country for the last the last year and a bit. And you've just gone into a, to a lockdown, unfortunately, at the time of this recording, COVID's just spiked again in Sydney. And what, you're in two weeks of a lockdown. So firstly, how does, how's that feeling? Like, I'm sure a lot of the world can relate to that, but for Australia, this is still quite new for us, eh? Yeah, I suppose it's been like doesn't impact me too much, but it's obviously an you know, impact of a fair few people. Obviously, a blip in the ocean as far as context compared to mm. North America and and you know, Europe and everywhere else around the world. So pretty privileged, really. This is first lockdown in a, a while, um, and I, you know I live in a pretty beautiful place, so it's not the worst place to be locked down in. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah, and I was I was just just sharing with you as well before we started recording that like I'm excited to be moving out to Sydney. The the plan has been for Amanda and I to move out to Sydney at the end of the, July, and hopefully that if that can still go through, okay, we're, I'm going to be in the same state as you, mate. So I'm looking, I'm very much looking forward to that. No, it's crazy, man. New chapter begins to uh, unfold for for myself. Yeah, it's crazy. Well, we can do our second or third in person in person podcast yeah. in the last four years. Legit legit yeah yeah it's, it's interesting like you and castiello the our other good friend who went on exchange with us is now living in melbourne so 
we've all spread out. A lot of my friends are now spread out across Australia. So it would be great to be back on the East Coast with you guys. But yeah, man, tell me what's, what's, what's been happening? What's been happening in your world? How is, how is life? You've just started a new job. And I guess what, what's been some of the, the big things that have been going on in your world over the last few months? Yeah, started a new job. Needed a change, which I think yeah, I was chatting to you not too long ago around just knowing that it was time for a change, needing a new challenge. I started a job with a with a new company and pretty much got exactly what I wanted out of it, which was, you know, that was very validating. Like when I decided I wanted a new job, I laid out what I what I was missing in my current role, what I was looking for, and pretty much everything that I wanted has culminated, which is nice. Like not necessarily like more more money or like more prestige, like it's a pretty similar role, but the environment that I'm in is different. And that's basically what I wanted. I just wanted a similar thing, but with a completely different perspective. And I'm surrounded by different people, different processes, and I'm in a kind of learning state again. I like that process. I like the process of learning and being in, you know, being a, being around new people, getting new ideas. And that's, yeah, that's what I, that's what I got out of it. So it's been a, it's been a positive change so far. Outside of that, still, Still living the simple life out here, mate. Mm. Down, um, kind of South Sydney, down on the coast. It's been a, uh, it's been nice. Still working like primarily from home, but doing a couple of days in the city now, which is, which is cool. Yeah. Um, but man, it's just I'm living the simple life out here, man. Mm. Yeah, man. I, I love how you've chosen to intentionally live that life. And we were just speaking before about like now there is like a bit of a challenge to live the simple life because there's now restrictions on what you can do and where you can go and who you can spend time with, which is pretty intense. Are you afraid that could impact your ability to live a simple life? I don't, like, yeah, I don't think so. It's it's a similar thing what I was saying before. It's like, in all honesty, my life has been very, like, impacted by COVID in a very small way. Mm. Like, so I feel extremely fortunate to be in the position I'm in compared to a lot of people around the world that it's obviously impacted, like, massively. I actually feel like it's allowed me to live more simply, like, being able to work from home, being on my kind of still on the nine to five, but having a lot more control over those hours, not having to travel, being in an environment that I like and that I can set up. Obviously, the social aspect is probably the biggest thing that's been impacted. But mm. as far as that, I'm a fairly solitary person anyway. Like I, I like my own time. I like my own space. Like I, it gives me a lot of energy. So as far as a simple life, I actually feel like it's been beneficial. Mm. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know about like as, as far as you're concerned. Basically, like COVID hasn't been existing in Perth, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, no, not really, not really. That's why I'm, I guess, hesitant now with going to Sydney. I'm like a little bit apprehensive. Like, what if, like, what if I go to Sydney and all of a sudden I'm stuck in a, you know, a multi-week lockdown or month monthly lockdown? I don't know. That's like just the risk that you take, right, going out to the big cities. But I just wanted to ask you because I, I feel with. I, in my nature, I've actually realized recently that I am very similar. I'm a very solitary person. Like I'm quite happy being on my own, quite happy not really doing too many social things. Yet I find by owning that and acknowledging that in my myself, it actually attracts more invitations from more people to be like, hey, let's hang out. Hey, let's go and do this. Hey, let's spend some time together. And good problem to have. Like I'm very grateful for that, that like I have a lot of amazing people in my life and I have you know, a lot of people that like want to spend some time with me. I'm blessed. I'm blessed by that. But then at the same time, I've come up against challenges recently with like, okay, like all these people want to catch up. And I, I noticed this like pressure that I was sometimes putting on myself or this like guilt that would sometimes come up around like, fuck, am I not making 
enough of an effort with some some of my friends in my life or am I not making an effort with some people that have been messaging me but I'm not replying or I'm like I've been slack I'm not following through on like hanging out with them even though I said I would you counted a similar like challenge in your life with choosing to live a solitary life but you know you still have a lot of friends and people and family that are trying to contact you and spend time with you and, and hang out with you do you communicate clearly that hey no I'm, I'm good right now I'm, I'll, I'll reach out to you like have you noticed some guilt come up around that that's a good question. Yeah, I think I have actually. I think I have had guilt come up. I am like when I say I'm a solitary person, I enjoy solidarity, but mm. I have no issue with being in groups, large groups, like being in social situations. But I've definitely had circumstances where I have been invited to things and I didn't really feel like going. Mm-hmm. Or like yeah, like you say, people communicating all the time and I'm I'm not motivated to go back to them and, you know, proactively reach out and catch up. That's probably where I've definitely had feelings of guilt before. But I think to me, it comes down to like a sense of like knowing myself, like knowing that I can still have love for people. I can still appreciate them being in my life, but seeing them or speaking to them in a limited format is still okay. I mean, even if I, even if I look like to you and my other close mates, like we don't talk that often doesn't mean that our relationship's any less. Hmm. Like every time we touch up, we have an amazing conversation. I feel so much love and appreciation mutually. And that's the same with a lot of my relationships. It's like, uh, yeah, I think minor parts of guilt when I'm like, uh, should I be making more of an effort? And then I try to remind myself that that's like, that's okay. That's who I am as a person. It doesn't like, I think just reminding yourself like to accept yourself for, for the things that make you you hmm. and the people that are in your life that will accept that are the ones that will stick around. Yes, that's a good point. That's a good point. And what I'm now reflecting on is what about, because I know for myself, I wasn't always this okay with being on my own. I wasn't this okay with being in my own energy and not having to always be doing things with other people. You know, there was a time in my life where I felt like, you know, I had to be liked by a lot of people. There was a time in my life where I spent time with people that perhaps weren't really fully in alignment with me and I didn't really get along with them that well, but I just hung out with them because that's just, they were the people in my life at that time. And I know for a lot of people, they struggle with this as well. It's like, how do you be okay on your own? Like mm. if in your nature, you feel like you like being around other people, but the people you're spending time with maybe don't get you or aren't on the same wavelength as you. And they're your only friends. It's scary yeah. for people to to let go of that, you know? Um, any suggestions? Like you know, if someone is in the opposite camp, they want to start to be more okay on their own, but they just find that they feel quite lonely maybe, perhaps now as well, especially. Man, 100%, man. I feel very privileged again that I like learned to be okay by myself because I know like so many people that can't be alone, can't spend time with themselves. And to me, like socialization, like over socializing is just another vice to fill the hole. Yeah. Like same as anything else that's like that where you don't have to be alone. Like it's just another, mm-hmm. another gap filler. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's mainly the reason I left Perth in the first place. Cause I was just so tired, man. I was so drained. Like, I was working full time and then every day after work, I was catching up with someone. I was going to have drinks, like going to have dinner. It was literally like seven days a week, something social. Like, And I, I just wanted to get out of that environment because I found it so mentally draining. And I literally moved here, moved into the first share house I could find, which was basically like a shared kitchen and then individual rooms. I pretty much spent the first four months until our friend, 
Liv Nolan moved here pretty much every day from morning, go to work, leave work, come home and just that routine for like three months, just pretty much all the time that not at work was just on my own. And I freaking loved it, man. I was like, it was such a refreshing, it was such a refreshing thing to do. I think for people that aren't okay with themselves, you've got to try and like, as I, I don't think like, obviously you can say meditate or clear the mind or try and do these kind of mindfulness practices that help you to realize that there's so much space when you're by yourself and there's so much serenity behind the the front layer of life that kind of gets so messy sometimes before you can do that effectively try and find a hobby or something that you can do by yourself that's not just sitting by yourself because obviously that's so challenging for people that have busy minds that Mm. kind of feel like they're failing every time they meditate because it's just too loud and they can't switch it off. Find something that is mindfulness, but wrapped up within a task that makes it feel like it's not mindfulness. Whether that's the gym or whether that's like sewing, crochet, something that engages your senses that you can be alone. There's almost like a bridge to meditation because meditation might be too intimidating or, or too hard to do the first time. If you can try and transition your time from spending all your time socializing running away from being alone to a task that you can do alone but is still engaging for the mind still task oriented uh, i think that can help bridge the time alone into something that, that has mindfulness aspects it can be so helpful and it gives you it gives you i mean we speak about, i think we've spoken a lot before about clarity the more time you can spend like that just gives you so much clarity to then look at your life objectively and say what is bringing me happiness and what isn't because most of the time we're so busy and we're so wrapped up in the day-to-day like rushing around that we never actually look at our lives and go am i happy like what aspects of my life should i be trying to cultivate and what aspects should i be trying to move away from and if you can take on some of those hobby mindfulness tasks they can give you the clarity to have a look at that Mm, yes feel that yeah because you, you can't have clarity without space. Yeah. Most people who can't be alone are always trying to fill the space with something. You said socializing being one of those vices, but working is, is a big one. Yeah, you know, yeah exactly. Laptop at home, everyone's always working, always just keep doing something. Social yep. media, obviously a big vice, you know. Yeah, you're at home on your own, but you're flicking through Instagram trying to trace superficial connection when that's blocking you from having the space to actually receive the authentic connection with yourself that really is so nourishing and what i've noticed recently bro with a practice like you mentioned a practice that that can maybe just like be something that that is stimulating to the mind but a bit more you know not as distracting something that can bring you closer to yourself an activity or a hobby or something like that i found journaling like honestly just every morning i've committed to the practice of morning pages which is what uh, julia cameron speaks about in her book the artist way she says every morning commit to writing three pages of freehand notes just like whatever's on your mind there's no right or wrong. Just just write every single day, three pages. And I've found since doing that, it's like this really cool open dialogue that you get to have with yourself. It's almost like you allow yourself to just like whatever's going through your mind, just write, write three pages and just get it on paper. And I find that brings me a lot of clarity because it's like it allows those thoughts that are just bouncing around in my head to just like come out and I can just see what's going through my mind. It gives me a sense of like, okay, cool. This is what I got to do today. This is my intention for today or whatever. This is what, this is why I'm not feeling too good today or whatever. You realize that you, you, you can always have that connection and understanding with yourself if you just have a dialogue with yourself. 
journaling, you know, sometimes things like dancing is a really powerful way to just like express what you're feeling without really having to, you know, speak if that's something journaling doesn't resonate with you. So those are two things in my life that have been really powerful recently, journaling and dancing. You do them on your own. Yeah, you can dance with other people, you can dance on your own. It's just Mm. as powerful. It's actually probably more powerful because you can get in your own zone and really feel into like what feels good in your body. Yep. I, I don't know. You're a dancer as well. You, you've like danced. You ever, you ever dance on your own? Mate, mate there's, oh, all the time. Mm-hmm. There's a specific moment for me where I feel in the zone and it's cooking, <laughs> particularly cooking. And we're going old school, set up a record player in the, in the nice. living room. And um, there's something really nice. Like I can see why there's a resurgence in record players. Like obviously they're trendy and it's like a bit hipster, but there's something really satisfying about just having not unlimited access to music. Like I've been really choosy with which vinyls I'm purchasing. Cause I'm like, which ones are like, for me, like timeless, like what music could I listen to any time of the day, any, any year, like doesn't matter. So I've been getting into the zone lately, putting on the record, having a glass of wine, cooking some good food and just dancing around the kitchen, man. That's me pure happiness. Like that's when I, that's, I'm just like smile on my face and dancing around the kitchen. Yeah, that sounds pretty damn good to me. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, that's the invitation for someone who doesn't feel okay on their own is like, try that out, you know, try that out. I always find, like, in my head, I'm not the most creative person, but I've always thought that everyone has some form of creative expression. Like, because I've met a lot of people like, no, I don't, I'm not creative. Like, I don't sing, I don't dance. I'm like, that's not, that's a very limited view on creative expression. Like, there's so many different things. I'm like, mine's cooking, man. Like my creativity is in cooking. I'm like, it's like a, you've got an empty canvas. You pull together all these different in, in, individual elements and then you culminate them in something beautiful. I'm like, that to me is a creative a creative expression. And my, my challenge to anyone would be try and find what your creative expression is because that to me is where a, a massive amount of happiness lies. And you can feel it. You can feel it inside you when you're doing something like that that you that you love to do. It just it just bubbles under your skin, man. You can just you just like you just feel it. Um, and to anyone who doesn't think they have any form of creative expression, go out and find something that doesn't have to be artistic. It can be creative in any aspect of life. Dude, I can definitely speak to that because that's been something I've been finding so much joy in recently is owning the fact that like. I'm an artist and one of my purposes here on, on this planet is to express my art and how much happiness that brings to my life. When I commit to that daily, what am I going to create today? It's a really high value of mine now because I've, I've acknowledged how much joy it brings to my life. If I just do something creative, that's a really high priority for me. And for me, like I was someone who really considered myself not creative at all. <laughs> I worked as a fucking accountant. This is the most uncreative thing you could do. <laughs> so I, I was I was so blocked creatively. And I am, for those who feel like they're blocked creatively as well, is I highly suggest uh, getting Julia Cameron's book, The Artist's Way, which has been something I, I actually bought that with you, bro. In, do you remember when we were in Sydney about a year and a half ago and we're in Bo- North Bondi, Bondi Junction? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I went to Harry Hartog. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's the one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I bought that book, but I never actually read it because... I don't know, it just at the time didn't didn't resonate. I, I don't know why I bought it. I just something I'd heard of it, I knew it was good, but just didn't read it because it wasn't the time. And over the last couple of months, as I've stepped more into my creative expression, I've picked picked up this book and go like, I feel like I'm really interested. I want to read this now. 
and it's a 12 week journey or process to help you like unlock your, your inner artist. You know what I mean? So she gives a bunch of exercises and things to start doing and the morning pages is one of them. So that's why I suggest if anyone feels like they're creatively blocked, check out that book. It's a really great way to guide you back into your creativity. But some of the things that I've been doing and following recently that have allowed so much more creativity to flow in my life in the forms of dance or the content that I make or, you know, just writing posts or things that I want to share has been like these, these artist dates that I take myself on now, right? She says, you know, once a week, commit to taking yourself out on a date by yourself, go somewhere new, go somewhere that your inner child would like really just like have fun. Like go somewhere that like, you know, you've, you've maybe not done it in a while. An example might be go to a museum you know, the other week I decided to get on the train with no really idea where I was going to get off. I just trusted my intuition. I was like, all right, intuition, where are we going today? Get on the train, got off at a random stop. I'm like, oh, cool, this looks right. Let's get off here, go for a walk. I walked into some bookstore and some some shop and just following that like fun, follow that feeling of like curiosity and fun. Oh man, I think that's what's so like, obviously some people like to plan some people like to be like have everything certain in their heads but to me that's what makes travel so great like yeah which is so sad that we haven't been able to do much of it over the last couple of years but like the like you say you can still do it you can still do it in your everyday life but i think it's characterized by travel is just going somewhere with no plan and just taking it day by day and like just wake up in the morning what do you feel like doing today you're like you're probably the perfect example of embodying that in your everyday life and you can see how much joy it brings you in an isolated component like in a daily basis just having like uncertainty in your day being like i don't know what i'm going to do today that's okay being able to expand that mentality out into your life and into your like into your week or into your month man that's a beautifully happy way to live i think Mm, i agree but it comes with the challenge of the conditioning of the mind, which says, oh, no, no, you got to be working. you got to like, this is yeah. when we're nine to five. This is when we're meant to be working. You're meant to be making money during this time. And yeah. this has been the challenge for me, like deconditioning that to be like, right now I don't feel like doing or work or right now I don't feel like editing that fucking landing page or whatever. You know, yeah. right now I feel like going for a walk and just spending some time outside or right now I feel like meditating or right now I feel like reading a book, really honoring like my passion in the moment. Like, what is my highest calling right now? What is my bliss in this moment? And trusting that and then having the courage to follow that because ultimately that leads you to a higher level of energy where a higher level of information can drop in, be it creative ideas, you know, clarity on what the next step is you're meant to do, which ultimately will always lead to more abundance, more prosperity, more value in your life. It's just having the trust to follow it. So I genuinely believe if you have the courage to follow that path, it will always lead you to somewhere beautiful. Mm. It's interesting. You're obviously in a unique position where you're, like, you're not on the nine to five at the moment. Mm. And that allows you to do that life, I think, much more freely. I think it's a good point because obviously I can't just get up at two o'clock and, and leave the house. Like I've got someone that relies on me to do a job between those hours. But I had my, my old boss when I first started, he always told me, like, you've started, you've got a job description. Like the job description tells you the what, like what's expected, but it doesn't give you the how. And the how is all about you. Well, that's what you're hired for. You're hired for your how. You're not hired for your what because the what is just the task. And I feel like in a similar way, you might you might still be locked into the nine to five or like like that's where your path is at the moment. It's where mine is. It doesn't bother me. I quite like it. It mm. gives me some structure. But where I can be creative is in the how. And I've got 
a task that I've got to do and I've got clients that I've got to keep happy, but no one's telling me how I can do that. And that's the creative part of my job to come up with my personal stamp on how to do this task, on how to do this job, on how to lead the team. So even if you don't have the freedom of being able to go wherever you want, whenever you want, which (laughs) I would say a lot of us don't, I feel like you can still cultivate some level of uncertainty and, and some level of kind of your personality and your day-to-day by dictating how you go about those daily tasks. Like don't feel too locked into what you're doing. Like things have to be done a certain way. Mm. Um, it still gives you an element of creativity and freedom in, in your day-to-day life. Yeah, bro. And just to like touch on that, because what I've noticed, obviously I'm not like waking up and going, what I want to do today. Let's just have fun every single mm. day because, you know, I still have commitments to coaching certain coaching clients yeah. and, you know, following through on things. So there is still like boundaries and parameters around, okay, like, I've got three hours this afternoon to that are free. Like, what can I give myself in this time so that I have the highest level of energy so I, so I can show up my best for my client call later in that, that evening? But what I found yeah. is if you treat it like you're always optimizing for energy, like how can I optimize myself so I'm bringing my highest level of energy to each interaction, to each um, job, to each piece of content? Because it's, it's the energy, it's the joy that you bring to the activity which determines how well it does or, or how much impact you have. You know, because 100%. two people could be doing the same task. One person could be so excited and passionate about it while the other person's like, oh, fuck, I got to do this again. Like the, the energy behind it has way more of an impact. So what I found there is, and I'm sure maybe you get access to this as well. Like if you have to do a task and you're like, hey, cool, I've got to do this job. It's got to be done. It's equipment. It's expected. But how can I do it in a way that I'm going to show up my best? How can I do it in a way that like I'm going to bring my highest level of energy? And what do I need to give myself to allow myself to do that? You know, and for me, what I've noticed, sometimes it's like getting out of the apartment, finding a nice spot down by the water, bring my laptop, set up my gimbal and just be like, wow, look how beautiful this, look how beautiful this, this spot is. That energy that gets cultivated in me, I then get to bring into my content or bring into whatever I'm creating in that moment. So I just wanted to share that because that's been such a big insight for me, man, recently. It's like, get creative, you know? That's huge. That's huge wisdom, man. That's huge wisdom. That's, mm. that, that to me is like 100% you can see the difference in, like, especially the role that I'm in at the moment, which is basically client management. You can see the impact on the entire room when you approach something with passion and energy in comparison to a fear-based approach, which a lot of people in client management have a fear-based approach mm. because they're, it's almost like you're not working for the company, but you're reporting to them. Like you're reporting on work done for them and revenue gained for them. So it's, it's often approached with like this fearful mentality. I've always tried to approach it with as much passion as possible and excitement as possible because it just, it literally goes straight to them. Like, it's like you, you're on my side, like this energy, it's a hundred percent contagious, man. When you're presenting something to, to anyone, like you say, like if you're filled with energy and passion for what you're doing, even if it's within that one task, it just expands outwards from, from you. So I completely agree. I think it's a great approach. Yeah, 100%. I suppose the difficult thing, like you're saying, change your environment to kind of how do you give yourself the the energy to then pass that on? Do you, do you think that there's somewhat, do you think there's a part to play in the bigger picture? Because I know you talk a lot about like goals and kind of your overall motivation. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you can you can change your environment 
you can put yourself in a, in a position where you know you thrive a little bit better. But is, do, you, do you think that needs to be backed up by the bigger vision of what you're trying to achieve? Hmm. I'll share some insights with you, man, recently because I've, uh, I'm a big fan of Tony Robbins. Tony Robbins is someone who has had a big impact on my life and I'll share some of the things that have stuck with what he's passed on through his teachings. And it's just helped me a lot before every situation that I go into now. I always ask the question, what do I want out of this situation? What do I want out of this podcast with Josh? What do I want out of this client interaction? What do I want out of this piece of content? Always starting with that question. Like, what do I want out of this? So on this podcast, I was like, okay, what I want out of this is like to be able to connect with Josh in a genuine, authentic way for us to be, to be able to exchange a high level of energy so we can pass it on to whoever's listening. So that's what I want out of this situation. And it's then, then back to, okay, like what do I need to do to be able to show up as the person who can really receive that, to receive the thing that I want? What do I need to do? So that's where I get to think about, okay, I know if I meditate this morning, eat some good food this morning and really get myself in a good state of mind, I can really bring that energy and we're gonna, I'm going to get the thing that I want. But the, the block for most people, the block for most people is, is the doing part. They, they go, okay, yeah, I want to have this, these, achieve these big goals. I want to get all these amazing things or money or relationships or whatever. And then it's like, okay, what do you have to do to get that? Okay, well, if you if you want to want to make more money, you gotta you gotta fucking make, add more value. You gotta take a lot of action. You gotta move. You gotta do the work. But then the block is like the reason. Your why? Like, what's your reason? Why do you want that? Like, if you do not have a strong enough reason, you won't take the action. You won't show up for yourself. You won't do the things for yourself so that you can be in the vibrational state to receive the things you want, to have the things you want. Because everything you want is out there. It's at a vibrational level that is maybe on a different wavelength that you're on right now. But the question is, are you willing to do the work to get yourself to that level of vibration, to that energy? Honestly, just an energetic game you know, where electromagnetic beings vibrating at certain frequencies. And when you just raise your energy, naturally, you start to receive more because you, you have the capacity to receive. But what I, what I hear from, from Tony Robbins that he always says is like, what's your reasons? Like, why do you want it? That's the fuel. If you have strong enough reasons, you'll you'll do you'll do the work. How do you usually coach people when, like, my usual approach is, I'll do what I need to do until I can do what I want to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's something that kind of sticks with me. But when you're saying, what do you want out of this? How do you approach people that look at a position, don't like where they are, and don't like their work, or are in a you know, a position that they don't like in their life. How do you think they get the motivation to find something in a scenario they don't like that they could find an element that they like or that can be what they want? Like how can you get something that you want out of something, a larger picture you're not you're not enjoying right now? Hmm. Yeah, that's a good question. Yeah. That's um that's where it's back to the the big victories, the big vision, the big goal can only be achieved when you prioritize the little wins, the little goals, the little victories. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, it's like break it down. It's like, okay, cool. This is the big thing that you want. But like, you got to realize that by getting up just half an hour earlier and doing that one little thing that you've been avoiding, that is actually a big victory just in a small context. That That's the the small victory that's leading to the big victory of you having the larger thing. So you just start to prioritize the little victories and they start to stack and they build and they build and build. And all of a sudden, like what, three months later, six months later, you're all of a sudden you're in a different energy. You feel different. And i like fucking all the amazing people I've got to work with recently, man. I, over the last couple of weeks, I've just been really feeling grateful for being able to experience and see people take action in their lives to see like, wow, I've been coaching you for six to eight months. You're so different. 
you're such a different person. You've like reprogrammed your mind. You've taken action. You're just seeing life from a completely different lens. And like as a coach, it's like the most fulfilling and rewarding thing to see someone transform like that. And it's so confirmation to me that like if you have a strong enough reason and your goals are clear and you know what you have to do daily, you can literally have anything you want. You can transform out of any environment because it's only how you're perceiving the environment that is either keeping you stuck. So it's like as soon as you change the inner world, the outer world just reflects it back. You just you're in a you're in a new place. And sometimes nothing needs to change outside of you. You you already know that. It's like it's what you bring to it. It's what you bring to it. it just mirrors it back to you. What's um Wayne Dyer's quote? When you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. Something like that. That's powerful stuff, man. Yeah. Powerful stuff. Yeah. So that's, uh, that's yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, thanks, man. I I was gonna say with you at the moment. Have there been any external things that have been bringing up challenges for you? Have you noticed some things that are, you're really working towards changing your internal uh, lens or view in which you're looking at perceived challenge in your life? Um, yeah, I think I think I was telling you before. I think my path that I've been on at like a, a youngish age, I realized that I didn't. I suppose how much the external world impacted me when I let it. Hmm. Uh, like obviously going through some in comparison to a lot of other people, small trauma, I would say, but trauma nonetheless from my limited view at the time, it made me realize that I didn't want, I wanted to detach myself as much as possible from the external world so that it couldn't hurt me anymore. I think that was, that was kind of where I was at at a younger age. And that was a lot of that was from like when I first started going into spirituality, a lot of it was around the Dalai Lama, a lot of it was around like Buddhist teaching, which is all about, you know, cultivating positive experiences and distancing yourself from negative experiences and, and identifying what, what in your life provides each one. And I realized that a lot of my suffering was self-inflicted suffering because of how much I attached myself to the external world. So my solution at the time was I want to practice detachment. Basically, that was my assessment at the time. And I achieved that, I think, pretty well to the point now where my emotional band is very thin. Like I don't get very down about things anymore because I, I don't, treat them as that important but I also don't get excited about things as much as I used to because I also see that in the grand picture the positive and negative is irrelevant I'm living my life in a simple fashion and that's what brings me peace so to me it's been kind of the dichotomy of me having that perspective in my life and living with my partner and not just her but other people in my life that don't have the same perspective and are emotional and have a larger emotional band and go up and down and, and experience life in a different way to me. And not just lately, it's always been my challenge is navigating the difference between my emotional, my emotional band and others around me. So I think recently I've just, I'm, tr I'm trying as much as I can to be accepting of the fact that each individual is different and has different experiences and, and interacts with the external world in different ways. And everyone, no matter how they react, is perfectly okay in the way that they do that. And I suppose it's, it was what we were talking about before. It's another aspect to me wanting to be peaceful was having as little opinion as possible in the world. And it was, it all came, I think it actually all came from a, a saying that I heard ages ago, which was, you can't be attacked if you don't have a defense. And I carry that with me a lot, actually, is that I try to have as, as little defense as possible. 
and I think as a, as a person, it makes me generally likable because I don't disagree. <laughs> I don't disagree with people very much, but it can also frustrate people around me because I have very little opinion. So yeah, my challenges recently have been living in a world that is opinionated and that is highly emotional and having to manage me not being either of those things and accepting that other people around me are and that that's okay. I think, I think that's my biggest challenge at the moment, but it's, it's, yeah, it's been, it's been a, it's been a nice learning. Like I really enjoy, I don't know when you approach a situation, I think you've probably been there before where you're in a situation that you don't really like, you can feel the resistance. You're not accepting what's going on. You're not accepting the person you're with or the situation you're in. And then you can take a step back. Like you can pause, you can pull yourself out of the feeling, acknowledge the feeling, pull yourself back and go, no, it's okay. The person that's in front of me has done everything in their life that's led them to this point. They're allowed to be the way they are. I don't have to change them. They don't have to be unopinionated. They don't have to be less emotionally regulated. They're allowed to be upset about things that wouldn't upset me. And that's okay. And the feeling of being able to accept someone who's different from you has such a peace, man. Like it's, it, it, yeah, it's 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 amazing, and it's it's been one of the things that I've I've tried to cultivate in my life as much as possible. Because I, from a young age, I realized I don't want to resist the world around me because resistance to me is just suffering. Like, why would I intentionally resist life? Like, it's just, and that's that's yeah. I suppose it's the continual practice of that because obviously I don't get it right all the time, and I get tense and I meet people in situations that I that I clash with and then it's the constant reminding myself that that's okay mm. and that's yeah I suppose it's an ongoing challenge do, and do you find that not having an opinion is allowing you to not have to face as much resistance oh 100 percent yeah 100 yeah. percent like uh, listening to someone I mean, cuz you I think we live in a very opinionated time right now like mm-hmm. like you look at politics or you look at people like people are very divided like covid especially like yeah you know, i mean there's a lot of there's a lot of divisive issues when you listen to someone that's used to being pushed back on and you don't you don't judge what they're talking about you just listen to them of course they're going to like you they're used to being told that they're wrong told that their opinion is wrong told that they should believe this certain way and I'm like, from my perspective, I'm like, I, I don't know anyone who's had their opinion changed by someone telling them they're wrong. Like, I don't, like, it doesn't work. Like, if anything, it strengthens their opinion. Because hmm. if, if there's anything the ego likes, it's resistance. Like, if you've identified yourself with an ideology or a, or a thought, like someone telling you that, that their opinion is right or that yours is wrong, it's just two egos bashing heads. And it, it strengthens their, it, like, it, it's not going to change anything. So, I, I don't try to change people's opinions. Like it's not my it's not my job, it's not my role. I like they they can they can believe whatever they want. I'm just a passenger in this life, man. I think that's what I was saying before. Like that's the mantra I'm trying to live at the moment is I'm just taking a backseat to life. Mm. Like I, I, I don't I don't I'm not here to I'm not here to try and change anyone's opinions. But you, but you agree that you can still have an opinion without needing to having to change someone else's opinion, right? You're just choosing not to have the opinion because you, you feel like it, it creates resistance. I suppose I'm choosing not to voice my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. Like I obviously I have some opinions, but it's like Barack Obama said, mate, you can have an opinion without being opinionated. Mm. Like you don't you don't need to spruik your ideology or belief 
just because you have it. Like you can passively have an opinion or ideology. Like obviously I believe in certain things and I lean towards certain policies and, but I'm not, I'm not trying to change anyone. Yes. Yes. I'm not stupid enough to think that I can. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, and it's funny, it's funny, man, you you share that because it's, I'm sort of like on the other side of that because the way I'm living my life is I'm not an opinionated person, but I'm certainly expressing my opinion around how well, that's right. You, you you have a you have content that requires an opinion. Like this is this is how I'm choosing to live my life. This is, you know, this is my perspective around why I've chosen to to walk that path. Is because I see it as that as another form of spiritual growth. Because can I be okay with all the resistance that might come up when someone says, "Nah, Jordan, you're you're an idiot. That, that's stupid. Don't share that." <laughs> or like, yeah. "No, I don't I don't agree with you." Like on TikTok, especially, there's there there are people on TikTok who will who will yeah you'll trigger them just by oh, sharing something. And that 100%. resistance that comes up, yeah, it's it's my work. It's like, can I be okay? To be honest, man, this is this is why I respect creators a lot online is because you you will only be able to attract the level of followers to to the extent which you can hold that capacity of energy of people not liking you, of people maybe disagreeing with you, people like expecting things from you like yep. there's, a, there's a lot of resistance that comes up in that and everyone sees like influencers online and go oh fuck man that's that's a great life please go a million followers in my head right now i'm like million imagine the pressure that's put on them through opinions of other people and then also the expectations that other people now have on them around who they should be in the world 100 percent, man i couldn't do what you do like i think maybe my perspective on living is more selfish like i don't not that I can't deal with negative criticism, but I'd rather avoid it if I could. Mm. Yeah. To me, that is a more peaceful way to live. I agree with you. Though. It's 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 a practice in itself to be able to hear negative feedback. It's not even feedback. It's basically telling you <laughs> your opinion's wrong. Yeah, um, much. And being able to not listen to it, just to, to glaze over it. Like that to me is uh, yeah, 100% a spiritual practice. And I full respect full respect for anyone that does that because it's, it's, uh, it is tough. Yeah, like it is the practice. If someone is sharing an honest opinion and someone is walking this path and embodying the, the principles that practicing what we preach, then it's like, yeah, can you see the person who doesn't agree with you and accept them? Be like, hey, that's where they're at in their journey. That's yeah, that's, that's right. their lens right now, and that's and that's okay. You know, yep, no hard feelings. But like right now, like even I still feel like I'm on the very low end of the spectrum in sharing an opinion on. A lot of the shit that's going down right now, bro, with vaccines and lockdowns and things like that. Like there are yeah. a lot of opinionated people who are who are speaking up, which I greatly respect because I, I do have my own opinion around that. But to be honest, I, I don't feel like I need to step into that arena and openly share online around my thoughts on vaccinations yeah. and viruses and what's going on, you know? No, especially like, it's because, yeah, when you've got external things, not just like they're not just opinions anymore because they're actually impacting freedoms. So it's, of course, it's going to evoke a stronger emotion and it's going to be more divisive than, than just surface level opinion. Like what band I like, which sometimes can still get pretty hated, <laughs> but like these ones are impacting on people's freedoms. So hundred percent, they're going to be, they're going to be massive, massive issues. So at what point does not having an opinion on that, start to create dysfunction in your world by by not having an opinion does that allow something that is is wrong or something that is not okay to persist yeah no it's 100 i i totally get what you mean 
And I think it's, it's until action is required. Hmm. Like if I see something that, that is, I strongly don't agree with, obviously there's a time where opinions are needed and you have to voice them and you have to stand up for people or do things that, you know, require right action. And I'm sure that time is coming. Like I'm sure that time's coming where I'll need to say something and I'll need to speak up. But when that time comes, I'll be ready for it. Like I'm not opposed to doing it, but I just, my goal in life is to live peacefully. And I've found for me personally, the most peaceful way to live is with as little resistance as possible. Mm -hmm. Yes. So when that time, when that time comes, it'll happen. But until then, I'm happy. I'm happy living the way I am. Love that. Love that. Yeah. It's like, that's one, it's one of your highest values and you can really yeah, that's right. understand. and That's right. And it's like, it's important to note that oh, what I was saying before is that I understand living this way. Not everyone can live this way. And that's the beautiful part about life is that in accepting other people's differences, you realize that the difference is what makes life itself. Like we're, we've all gone on a journey to get to the certain point we're in in our life now, whatever that may be. And the fact that we're all different provides an environment that's colorful and, you know, it provides emotion and provides sustenance, like sustenance for life. Like, yeah, it's, it's a, the difference, the difference in, in the world is what makes it, is what makes it beautiful. That's what I find funny because it's a paradox then that everyone tries to convince everyone else that their way of living is right. Because if everyone was convinced, like if I went out tomorrow and said, this is the way you live, everyone believe it, then what, what would life be then? Yeah. There, there would be no like business. There would be, yeah. There'd be, there'd be nothing, man. There'd be yeah. nothing. Like we can't all be the same. We yeah. can't all have the same opinion and the same ideas, follow the same religion. Like, yeah, it's a funny one. Yeah. I'm curious to know what, what would you say the difference between an opinion and a preference is? Because you mentioned it in the context of like relationships, right? Not trying to change anyone. You know, you completely accept someone for who they are, which is which is great. But I would say a lot of people in relationships, me included, have gone through periods where, okay, I accept you for who you are right now as this person. But I have a preference that the person I spend my time with values this thing as well yeah you know, expressing my preferences and that could just be in general with like the clients that i work with i have a preference that i work with these types of people doesn't mean other types of people are wrong i just have a preference what's your opinion on <laughs> what's your what's your opinion <laughs> on that 100 <laughs> percent, man like your close relationships in life are the most difficult to navigate because I can have a preference with someone on the street that I have a 10 minute conversation with and then I never see them again. Mm. And that preference, that preference doesn't matter. The people that I'm living with, the people that I see on a weekly basis, what I work with, obviously you're going to clash at some point. It's a matter of like, this sounds cliche, but it is, it's a matter of compromise. Like you can understand and accept the differences between whether it be a partner or a boss or a colleague and then move forward with a, a middle ground that makes sense for both of you. Like I think understanding each other's preferences, like obviously I have an opinion with my partner because like, I'm not just going to say nothing during the day and not talk to her. Like I'm yeah. like the close people in your life are always going to know where you stand on things and what and topics in your life. And I think a level of similarity is probably healthy. 
but there's also you're also going to clash on things and that's fine like like you're allowed to have preferences that differ and coming to a point where you can compromise and go i accept that that's your opinion that's fine like i'm not going to argue with you i'm not going to try and change your opinion like that's you've developed that over your life through whatever experiences you've been through but this is my opinion on this if there's action required can we come up can we, can we come up with a middle ground that suits both of us hmm. And realistically, that's the only way to go about it. And if that doesn't work, then maybe the relationship's not destined. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like if you can't, if there's something that's so divisive that you can't come to a compromise, then yeah, it's then that probably is an issue. But like you're always going to clash with people that are close in your life on certain things. Like you're not the same person. Yeah, you just nailed the point about being able to have that conversation, which a lot of people struggle with. They can't have a conversation where there is no expectations or there is no requirement for someone to be someone. It's like a conversation where that other person's allowed to be who they are in that moment without you having to change them. And it's ha- yep. being, having open dialogue to be like, okay, can we come to an agreement where this behavior changes and what do you need from me so you can, so you can be supported in doing that? How can I support you? You know, it's, yep. it's such a different, different lens when you come out relationships from that angle. It's like, you're not here to change anyone. The, the role of the relationship, I think we've spoken about this before in the past, the role of the relationship is to give you more awareness of the areas in your life where you're maybe not free yet or you're still blocked or not whole, you know? Yeah, it's accepting and allowing for change. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's what, like, like it, it's still it's still a practice for me. Like, I I catch myself sometimes, like, thinking, ah, oh, like, oh, I wish she hadn't done that or, like, I wish she hadn't said that or, like, because it's an attachment to your personality. Like they become an extension of you, right? Same as anything else in your life. And then all of a sudden, because of that, you will now want to control certain things because it's it's not just them. It's a representation of you, and especially in social settings or in family gatherings. It's, it's a real practice to go, this is who you are. I'm okay with that. Like be, be what you want, say what you want, do what you want. Like that's who you are. And then within your lives, you can acknowledge the things that, that you're trying to improve and allow allow space for that improvement to happen. Like I've got things that I'm trying to improve. Meg's well aware of those things. And I try to work towards that and vice versa. You know what I mean? Like it's it's allowing that change to occur and allowing space for that change to occur. And then accepting that if the change doesn't go exactly how you wanted, that's also okay. Hmm. Like it's 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 a natural progression of life. Like everyone's going to change. Hmm. Yeah, that's big. That's that's a big acknowledgement that everything is constantly changing. Constantly. Yeah. What's the uh, the analogy? It's the butter the butterfly paradox, isn't it? Yeah. You spend all your time trying to trying to catch the butterfly in your hands, and then as soon as you catch it, it's no longer beautiful. You, you're trapping it from the world, and you can't right. see it anymore. Like life can only persist when you let go of trying to catch it and hold it in one position. It's not meant to be stagnant. Yes. Like it, yes. it has to flow. Like it, it, it's constantly flowing. And as soon as you try to lock it down and, and stop it, it loses all, it loses all beauty. It loses all momentum. Yeah. So true, bro. And so true to acknowledge as well. Like when you, when a man in a relationship to acknowledge that the feminine nature, the, the natural essence of a female is that constant flux, constant change, constant, constant flow with whatever's coming up in the moment. And then as our essence is the masculine to be like the presence, to be connected to you know, our attention, to be to hold the space for the feminine to be in its flow, 
you know, to, to honor and like accept, accept that like your, your, that your role as a man, which is to bring safety to the feminine so that she can be in her flow. It requires like an element of like ownership, you know, ownership in, in yourself to do the work on yourself so that you can be that container, be that space for your, for your partner to be, to feel fully herself, you know, and, if, and that that's it's like responsibility self-responsibility I, I find for me in, in my relationship has been really powerful if there's something that you know i'm not happy about that she's doing okay that, that's my responsibility right now let's just look at what that's bringing up inside of me how can i make peace with this what do i need to give myself to let go of whatever resentment i'm holding on to you know yeah I, I, it's been it's been really bad relationships man we've been we've done a few podcasts on this already it's, yeah it's because it's because it's the most challenging thing <laughs> by far in my life it always has been like it's very easy to live by yourself if you're comfortable yeah. with yourself yeah and i'm like i am like i'm like i have no issue living on my like by myself and i i'm i can tell you right now that i would be content by myself for the rest of my life but i don't want to be yeah. at the same time yeah. you know what i mean yeah, yeah i get such happiness love and joy by sharing my life with someone but the challenges that that brings up are also something that i've got to overcome like having someone that lives with you in your space that you share life experiences with that you have different perspectives and opinions of, of life like that is that is the ultimate challenge for me man like I, I can deal with the external world i've made peace with the external world but i've, I've let people into my internal world and now I have to deal with that. Yeah. So there's plenty to talk about, but it's, I suppose it's, a, it's just a, an exaggerated component of everything else. Like it's the same, I think it's the same approach that you approach everything else with, like a sense of acceptance and love. And it's, it, yeah, it's just, a, it's just a, it'll be a constant practice, man, for the rest of my life. Agreed. Agreed. The most, the most yeah. important spiritual practice you'll ever have. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> man, uh, I'm feeling it might be time to wrap this up. I've got to get ready for my soccer game real soon. Mate, exciting. Mine got cancelled today, unfortunately. Otherwise, um, I'd be there as well. Unfortunately. I'm sorry to hear that. As normal, it kind of feels <laughs> like time takes a completely different lens when we start talking, man. It's hard to believe an hour's gone by already. But, dude, 100 episodes. It's been really, really special to get to this point. And I'm really glad we got to record this, this special moment together. We've, we've recorded the first one together. We recorded the 50th one together. And now we've recorded the, the 100th one. So mate, it's been a, it's been a privilege mate, to see how far you've taken this. Like, yeah, it's, uh, it's been amazing to have any part to play in it. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's phenomenal. I'm very, very, very happy to be a part of the hundredth. Thank you. Hopefully many more to come. Eh? For sure. For sure. And yeah, let's, let's make sure that we, we keep these coming. Cause I know people really appreciate our perspective and also your perspective and your lens and sharing your wisdom and who knows, maybe, Maybe we can get some more in-person podcasts coming out when I get out to Sydney soon. But uh, Down at Bondi, mate. Yeah. <laughs> Cold swim in the morning, have to do some breath work, right. get some podcasts Fantastic. going. Yeah, sounds good to me. All right, brother. Thank you so much for, for your time. And uh, Cheers, we'll mate. See you real soon. Hey, there we have it, guys. Thanks so much for listening to this episode. And yeah, look, if you made it this far, cool. Here's my voice again in your ear. And I'm going to make one more request for you is go ahead and subscribe and leave a comment on the podcast page because 
I'm really putting a lot of focus and attention on getting this podcast out to more people because I know what I'm putting in here can serve and bring value to people. And it would mean a lot if you got value from this to to leave some feedback and, and subscribe so you stay up to date with what's coming up. Um, and as always, follow me on Instagram. And I love hearing from you. It's at State Shifters. And until the next episode, guys, thank you so much and I appreciate you.